as a leader, you're no longer just about meeting the sales quota numbers. I think you are a more holistic uh, business leader going forward. That's a brilliant call out. Yeah, Yeah, I I love that. We forget the impact we have on the society, on the nature and, and the personas that we talked about. everyone, welcome to Asia Growth Forecast. Today we are talking to Umatana Balasingam, who is the VP and General Manager of the Partner and Commercial Organization of Asia Pacific and Japan at VMware. As most of you will already know, VMware provides multi-cloud services for all applications, accelerating innovation with a cloud-smart approach. Their software delivers the freedom and control organizations need to move faster and spend less, and they have been leading the market in that area for a long time. Today, we are talking about how sales in Asia has evolved over the last few years, and we will try to crack the mystery of where it will go in the next few years. Welcome, Uma. We're so excited to have you with us today. Can you tell us a little bit more about how you ended up here where you are today and what is your current role? All right. Well, I usually get the question of where am I from? And I need to answer that in three different ways. Born in Singapore, raised in Malaysia, and fourth generation Sri Lankan. So uh, back when I was growing up in Malaysia, I actually had no idea I was going to end up in tech. I actually wanted to be a pianist. And as any good Indian parents would tell you, there's no money in becoming a pianist and you really should only consider three career options, which is doctor, lawyer, or engineer. Um, And I wanted to do none of that. So in Malaysia, because I had to take a government loan to support my studies, I filled out this form where you have to write your top five choices. I put pharmacy as my first choice to make my parents happy. It's kind of medicine. But my fifth choice was computer science, simply because I was playing games every night on my Acer computer back then. And that's what I got. And that's how I ended up in tech. And, you know, thanks to an introduction from one of the girls that I lived with outside the dorm in university, I got my first interview. And so, you know, that was my first lesson in the power of networks. And when I got to the interview, I negotiated my salary, uh, just out of desperation to sleep in my own bed and on my own without having to share it with three other girls and sleeping on single mattresses. So I think the general manager was so shocked that he just said yes. Uh, So for the rest of my career, I always asked, and it's advice that I give uh, everybody today, ask and you shall most likely receive. How I ended up in sales though was because I was given an opportunity to come to Singapore for a conference that IBM was hosting. And I met one of their executives at a social and he spoke to me for five minutes and he was like, you should be in sales. And you know, at that time, the stigma of sales was this people who would take advantage of others concept. (laughs) And so I was like, I am not doing sales. Um, But Anyway, I accepted their offer, and that's my first journey as a sales rep in IBM. Uh, Today, I'm fortunate enough to work for VMware, uh, as you introduced it. 
And yeah, we're uh, present uh, across globally. We have thousands, uh, hundreds and thousands of customers, uh, millions of workloads that depend on us. And my job is to make sure that we are able to get to our customers through many different routes of partnerships. And also in that commercial segment, which is mid-market and below, uh, how do we help customers on that modernization journey? Now let's talk about how sales changed in the past few years. Because I think we all agree that pandemic caused tectonic shifts in the way buyers and sellers interact, right? What we saw in our end is that the buyer expectations really changed and hence the way we sell also changed. So today buyers are very clear about what they want from the sellers and they want more channels, more convenience and a more personalized experience. Now they want the right mix of in-person meetings as well as uh, remote virtual connections and I always tell my team buyers have done enough study about the product they eventually are going to buy that you need to be really really knowledgeable as much as they are because good old days when we started our career we went and presented our product from day one but today knowledge is everywhere and customers are so prepared before they make a purchase in fact uh, the recent LinkedIn's uh, 2022 APAC sales report show that 47% of sellers have closed deals over half a million without ever meeting the buyer face to face. Now that when I started my career, if somebody had said that it would have been a big joke, mm -hmm. but it is happening, isn't it? And we're seeing that shift. So I'm very curious to hear from you. What were the key changes you observed in buyer behavior and how did your team transition to a model of hybrid sales during this time. Just talk us through what were the biggest changes you had to make to set up this sales team and succeed in this hybrid world, please. The big one for me personally was, could I tell from a screen if I'm talking to a partner or a customer and our own teams is, are they engaged versus participating? So are you just turning up? And I don't know if I ever got to the formula of figuring that out and that uh, I felt was the harder problem going forward. And so we needed to find new ways of communicating so that people were engaged. What we learned was, firstly, it felt like we didn't skip a beat. For VMware, there was minimal productivity impact. In fact, the first year of the pandemic, uh, we shipped most of our software for every single office in the world being shut down and everyone working from, the, from home, we shipped the most software. Mm -hmm. During that time, our services went to 95% virtual delivery. Mm. We only had like 50 people on site uh, during the quarter and our MPS score with customers actually went up. Awesome. Um, I think in Asia, productivity seen differently. It's like it used to be, I'll say, who sat at their desk the longest? Who was sending the email at 10 p.m.? Who was turning off the lights at the office? Also, I think for Asia specifically, the pandemic helped to make us think more about the outputs, uh, how we get employees to self-motivate mm. so that we're not stuck in one particular way of working. So, you know, in some ways, the growth mindset thinking, um, and then we had to think through, you know, plan B to G for, for the customers that working with as well. And then, you know, building relationships, interestingly, it came down to small nuances for example, waving goodbye after every Zoom call, even intense meetings, 
was like a new way to forge friendships and relationships. That is um, so those were like some of the things that come to mind. That is awesome. As a sales leader and in the new uh, way of selling, what's the value of these new tools and platforms play uh, in a sales leader's role, right? What do you suggest, Ramka? You, you've been our leader in this region. What would be your advice to the audience who's listening on the investments that need to be done on the tools and platforms? I think collaboration is extremely important. And again, Uma, I'm going to touch upon something, again, you said that I find really inspiring. It's the, it's the engagement versus participation. So really um, investing in platforms that are helping people to have access to information immediately so that the collaboration is smooth, so that everybody feels let in on a subject uh, almost inst instantaneously. So I think that's that's the that's the first piece. I think the other piece as well is to to feel that we are helping our customers with everything we do. There is a statistic out there that was shared by our CEO Yamani Rangan that says that an average SMB organization has 300 applications running in their system and only 45% of those are actually being used. We need to be mindful of as well is why do we need to spend that much money on different kind of apps? Should we not be really then investing in what is going to help our people uh, to collaborate better and, uh, and, and, and show up better in front, of, uh, in front of clients? And for example, investing in, uh, in applications and in tools that are holistically looking after customer experience from the moment they engage with our brand. So marketing through sales process, post sales, and uh, and so on. So um, I think yeah. uh, I think that would be one of those things or two of those things. Excellent. For me, I think one of the biggest shifts uh, as a leader I've personally felt is the way we measure and monitor. Because the KPIs that we had in the previous way of selling are totally different from what they are now. And uh, I remember Uma was saying on how VMware uh, had to shift um, their tenure and the mix of the resources they had. So there is a different way to measure and monitor, especially the key indicators uh, to ensure you're on the right track or not. Um, sometimes the call recordings uh, that we hear as leader help, leaders help us to really guide our reps much more closer and better than good old days. So I think there are a lot of new metrics on retention in uh, new versus install-based revenues. So all those were, were missing in action, I feel, in good old days, but now they're there. So Umar, do you see a shift in the way we monitor and measure? Yeah, I'm going to echo you there, like during the pandemic, because the much, let's say, the, the segment of customers that have lesser number of seats, so what might be classified as mid-market and SMB, depending on the market in Asia-Pacific and Japan, uh, yeah, they had to halt spending. I think some of our customers even had to shut down their businesses. Uh, some got acquired, right? All of those dynamics happened. So every dollar was a good dollar. We weren't really like, which segment is it coming from? And why is this segment not performing, right? The sub segments used to be one of the things that mm. we certainly were measuring and that kind of went away. So I would say that the big thing around, so if you, if you think about digital sales where they, you know, naturally uh, are calling customers and engaging virtually, 
they had a different set of KPIs about the number of calls, right? The number of deals that they qualified, True. et cetera, et cetera. The one thing that we learned, which actually should be in place anyway, but the pandemic kind of brought it to the forefront, is that respecting the time of your customer is super important yeah. in that you are well prepared for that meeting. You have sent the agenda ahead of time. The customer agrees that's still the stuff they <laughs> want to talk about because things were changing all the time, right? Yeah. The you know Today, the customer was like, yes, we're going to think about doing this. And then tomorrow, oh no, we might get acquired. So maybe not. Um, so I think that validation and respecting each other's time, especially the ones of our customer, was a, was a big practice that we had to re-surface, um, if you like. And then essentially the measurement was really, have you moved forward on helping the customer, right? Whether we measure that through a sales stage, whether it's a lead that becomes an opportunity, um, et cetera. For me, my personal observation is, as much as we are changing, the customers also being more accommodative these days, uh, gone are the days when you went with an army of people into customer's office and the entire parade of walking in there, doing those intros, all that is the frills of the frock has been cut now. You go straight in, you're so well prepared, both you and your customer, and you talk the core that needs to be done, chop, 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 and you're out. So it also helps you to do more per day as a sales rep as well as anybody else, isn't it? So we are under the pressure of performing more and more as we go. So that brings me to ask you a futuristic question. All, all three of us are sales leaders here and the, the only skill we have that beats everybody else is forecasting. Now, I'm not going to ask you the forecast of Q1, but I'm going to ask you this. <laughs> what do you think uh, in the next five to 10 years? Because the audience for this are very keen um, uh, to hear about how Asia is going to change over the next few years. So that's why my question to you, what's the number one thing mm. that you think will change in the way sales and buyer and the seller dance will evolve into? Right. So digital natives are those that are born between 1980 to 2012. And they are the Gen Z and millennials. And that is going to drive the highest consumption for Asia in the coming decade, right? It's one third of Asia's population consumption. Um, and 20 to 30% of this generation, I believe, spent one fourth of the day, like more than six hours on their phones. And uh, they are voracious about um, consuming video content. So they are eager for new experiences and they are twice as likely uh, to lean towards brands that set them apart from Gen X. And, and most of them are very confident. I think it's a high percentage of like 70% are very confident about their financial status. So True. that spending power confidence is there. Mm -hmm. And this is a very different set of generation that we are going to sell to. So you're basically telling me not to shout at my teenage son to stop using his phone all the time. No, I'm telling him he should go into sales because <laughs> then he can speak to the same generation. <laughs> so nice. I think, you know, when it comes to the future, I do think that the, what buyers expect is going to continue changing even more. And that personalization 
uh, journey that we are on right now is going to continue deeper and deeper. You know, like when we are really, when we're really looking at the last 20 years, what we've observed is that, you know, we started somewhere uh, with, with those emails sent to us kind of going, dear sir or madam, you know, here are the gardening tools next week. It's going to be dear sir or madam, here's the carpet, <laughs> etc." Then we kind of went to door to door selling and that's completely not scalable, though very, very uh, personalized. And then with the arrival of Amazon, Google, uh, Facebook, etc., we went into the era of algorithms and all of a sudden personalization started being started being uh, started happening at, at scale, really. So I think that is going to evolve even more as it has. It had to during pandemic uh, to everything Uma, that you mentioned, how, how much, uh, you know, relationships with partner partners and with customers have changed. I think that is going to continue changing even more. That is amazing. I mean, there's a lot of talk about how much can you really automate, right? There's a huge mm -hmm. discussion around AI, et cetera. And I don't know about you, but regardless of how much personalization I get, I still want someone I trust to say that, yes, that's the one that you should pick. It, it just carries so much more weight to, to what Romka is saying. Yes, the level of personalization gets more and more, but I, I, the reference selling, you know, I still remember my mom selling curry powder from the house because apparently it was very good, but that was basic reference selling, <laughs> and which I think is still true to today. Like I, a lot of stuff I buy that I don't need is uh, reference selling. I think between both of your predictions, right? Uh, it also prompts a question of what does that mean for sales leaders across uh, the region and and for the folks who are listening to this. We need to really be more agile and be more aware of the changing trends. I think gone are the days when you can bask in the glory of the past and say, I have always done this, I know this. No, uh, things are shifting very quickly. Adoption of tools and platforms and apps is the way to go. You need to know where your customers are. You need to give them the experience that they deserve, whether they're talking to the sales guys of the team or the marketing department or the service department, doesn't matter. That experience has to be so consistent for them. Only then there is that brand uh, attachment and the brand loyalty and everything else. And I think as leaders also evolve, they become much more closer to how things are done. And Efficiency is the name of the game. I think every single piece of technology since our childhood we have seen has been invented or built to solve something better. And sales is no different or for that matter, buying is also no different. Oh, yeah. I was just going to say, like, uh, I couldn't agree more, like, in thinking about what leaders can do to prepare for the future. And this is certainly... Um, advice that I, uh, I am taking for myself is, I would say two things. Um, one is learning how to serve very distinct type of customers. If I just think of it from a consumer perspective, and, and in Asia specifically, right, you've got the Japanese uh, Instagrannies, <laughs> you've got uh, the Indonesian Gen Z gamers, you've got the Indian small shop yeah. owners, You've got the Chinese lifestyle indulging millennials, right? Just to name a few. So 
I think leaders have to learn how to serve different distinct type of consumers. And I think Romka talked about personalization. Marketing is a great tool for that. Uh, and the second thing is, I think the values is becoming even more prominent for brands. Um, and, and every sales leader needs to be able to articulate how their company is contributing to climate disruption and Asia specifically is on the front line of climate risk and diversity, inclusion, and equity. Women's economic empowerment in Asia is going to drive one-fifth of the growth in Asia. So I think you, as a leader, you're no longer just about meeting the sales quota numbers. I think you are a more holistic a uh, business leader going forward. Versus That's business. a brilliant call out. Yeah, yeah I, I love think that. We forget the impact yeah. we have on the society, on the nature, and and the personas that we talk to. I think uh, you know. I just was going to to agree uh, with everything uh, that you mentioned, Uma, and just follow on uh, on that as well. There is. Uh, we also know the data shows that sixty percent of all world's youth is based in Asia. Um, mm -hmm. These are all our future leaders. You know, they are learning now from us. <laughs> what does it mean to be a leader? They are, uh, they are going to be the ones who are going to be leading the world later. They are going to be the ones who are going to be taking decisions, buying decisions, um, as well. Um, they're, all, they're going to be the ones who will be selling, uh, too. So it's, a, it's very interesting, um, this shift that we are going through right now. And what exactly does that mean for the leaders who, who are leaders today? who they need to be, and what does it mean for the future leaders as well. It's pretty interesting. If there was one thing you'd, you would advise the, the listeners not to do, um, something that doesn't help their cause, what would that one thing be? I'd, I'd say two things, and it's an age-old thing. Never do the menu sell. Mr. Customer, what would you like to buy today? I have these <laughs> hundreds things to sell you. Um, right? You want to be a, a challenger sales um, where you are the trusted advisor that picks up the phone and say, I just saw that your stock price crashed. You know, firstly, are you okay? You know, can I do anything? I read in your financial report, right? You want them to call you when some, when things are not going right um, as, and be that trusted advisor. Second thing is, to use this phrase, sometimes a customer just wants a burger. <laughs> Sell them the burger. <laughs> you know, sometimes we get into, but no, Mr. Kamsama, are you really sure you want the burger? Because I've got these fries and, oh, look, this is uh, something that we, this shake just came out today. And I think it's going to be really useful because 10 other customers just bought it. So sometimes they just want a burger. Sell them the burger. Last line would probably be the highlight of this episode. Adi, what do you think? I think um, in an attempt uh, to be more relying on data sets and the humongous data that we have at our disposal now as organizations, we need to be pretty diligent in how we present ourselves. Every company now will always want to be a thought leader via content because that's the way it will be. But they should remember the word of mouth, the power of word of mouth will not go away. 
there's a lot of research that buyers do before even they do the first meeting with you so they come prepared so like uma you said the menu selling is off the window that that will not happen anymore so all your systems all your campaigns your emails your sales sequences the mass emailers that you send uh, i remember you guys saying if your name is spelled wrong or if your gender is wrong you wouldn't want to reply to that email there is no chance you will read the content of the email no matter how critical that is so you need to be so spot on with this humongous data that you have at your disposal so i think it's very important for companies to cut out a persona that they're selling they know their persona very well they do a bit of research about the personas that they are targeting and then they send them highly personalized connections and follow that connections with most relevant conversations you shift from the digital engagement and when you pick up the phone call there is continuity of that experience in the conversation and as long as you sell the burger i think we're doing well <laughs> yeah and i think what you say there adi is also communication skills Truly. right how do you Truly. get to the point <laughs> i don't know about uh, you romka uh, as well how many meetings you have sat through where you just go there going get to the point <laughs> um right because time is precious for all of us and we're being inundated by all sorts of information in so many different ways uh we have to check 10 different places to make sure all our messages are there um so yeah i think getting to the point that, that communication skill like how you present what you write what you say um yes i think uh an underestimated requirement not just for leaders and managers but just in sales yeah. long live chat gpt isn't it yeah <laughs> oh that's another discussion <laughs> I was going to say that do you do really want to go there today? <laughs> that's a, yes, that's a big one. Totally. That's a big one. Okay. All right. Well, um look guys, this this has been this is very uh very interesting and very very educational as well. I've learned so many so many good points. There are many things I'm taking away from from today. Thank you so much uh, Uma for being with uh, with us today and Adi as well for being my wonderful co-host. <laughs> you can come Cheers. for the next one. <laughs> Thank and, you very much. And so what am I <laughs> You're welcome. And really looking forward to to seeing you guys uh well online or offline. <laughs> also, I encourage you all to connect with Uma outside of this podcast. She is consistently recognized as one of the most powerful women in tech uh in Asia and also one of the co-founders of Lean in Singapore and also a big champion of diversity, inclusion, belonging and equity. So, she's a role model for many young women out there. So, I really encourage you all to connect with her and continue the conversation. Thank you so much Uma, thank you so much Adi and see you guys or hear you guys in our next episode.